Hi. The following podcast is produced or sponsored by a community member. The content, views, and opinions expressed are those of the participants and do not reflect those of BMC or the town of Belmont. BMC welcomes your comments. Call us at 617-484-2443 or email us at access at belmontmedia.org. Hello once again. Welcome to another edition of the TOST Toddcast with Coach Q right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network and also being simulcast on BMC channels 8, 9, 28, and 29. I'm Todd Bloniars alongside Belmont High School head football coach Jan Kuman. And if you need further proof, there he is <laughs> on the simulcast, on right? Simulcast. Yes. Live uh, and in color. That's right, live and yeah, boy, you, boy, that background certainly brings out the, <laughs> the, the Technicolor gambit there. Uh, yes, so uh, yeah, of course we're back to simulcasting because uh, we've got a, a home opener coming up this week. Uh, the Rotters uh, uh, first off their uh, opening game at Milton last week, return home. They'll be playing a non-league game against the Framingham Flyers. I actually remembered that before I got the roster that said yeah. they were the Flyers. I do remember that. So uh, anyway, I just uh, want to remind all of our uh, our listeners and viewers because we are here on the old uh, on the simulcast now, at least for the home games. Uh, that's going to be the goal. Is these games will be broadcast on BMC Sports and on the BMC channels, and this serves as a pregame show to that, which is why we simulcast. But uh, these are interactive shows. Want to remind you, we're going to be doing these every week with Coach, and uh, they are interactive. So uh, be a part of it. You can be a part of it. Uh, if you have any questions for the coach, uh, you want to log into Twitter, use the hashtag Q's for Q. Uh, if you are following us on Twitter anyway, that's at TOSTBMC. When we link the uh, these podcasts in, or Toddcasts as it were, when we link in the Toddcasts, we uh, we always throw in the Q's for Q hashtag. So use that whenever you're uh, one of you want to have any questions or comments for Coach, and uh, we'll visit those throughout the season. I just checked before tonight; I didn't see anything out wait, there. Wait for, for Hollywood, our, our guy Hollywood. I don't know if my microphone is. Oh, I'm there we go. Oh, we hey, I'm sorry. here. Say hi again. Hi, hi, every, hi everybody out there. <laughs> my mic is my mic camera. is my mic is on now. My camera's over here. Camera's um, I'm so sorry about that. Yes, uh, that was no. I, I was waiting for for our guy Hollywood. You know, he he came in with a couple of questions uh, last season, and um, he's been he's been oddly quiet so far. So Hollywood, if you're out there, uh, we we could use some cues for Q. Yes, we definitely would. Again, the hashtag uh, cues for Q, and uh, we'll. Uh, uh, also, just a reminder, of course, you can follow the coach uh, on Twitter as well. He is at Q underscore coach, as you saw on his uh, ID, if you're watching us on the simulcast. Uh, BHS Football is also on Twitter. That's at Marauder Fball. And again, a reminder, our timeout for Sports Talk Twitter handle is at TOSTBMC, where we link these uh, Toddcasts, our weekly interviews with the coach. Uh, you can also become a fan of Timeout for Sports Talk and the Toddcast by following us on Facebook. Just search Timeout for Sports Talk. So, coach, uh, coming off uh, the opening game. Yeah. And uh, it was uh, you know, probably a tough, a rough way to start. Uh, you played a good Milton team, though. Uh, Steve Dombowski, who's been over there for three seasons now, uh, you know, coming from Swampskit High, where he had coached uh, that school to a, a state championship and, and a very excellent record yeah. uh, over the years. Uh, now, in three years in Milton, he's kind of turned that program around. Uh, a 28-7 win over uh, the Marauders in the opener, and uh, just sort of 
sort of your initial thoughts about about how the game went, how it played out, if it uh, was the score indicative of the way the game. Yeah, I mean, you know, Milton is a really good football team, and Coach Dembo is doing a great job over there. They have they have great team speed. I think they had you know three guys who run sub four sixes, you know, and, and that's really fast at the high school level. You don't you don't see a ton of teams like that, and and. Um, so, you know, we were really focused on trying to control their team's speed, and, and I actually think that, you know, we did a pretty good job of that. Um, defensively, you know, we kind of went back and forth for a little bit in the first quarter. You know, they uh, had a little pooch kick in the to start the game. You know, we, uh, we were receiving the ball to start the first half, and they ran a little pooch kick. And, you know, week one going in, some guys have installed that stuff, and they're ready to go. And, you know, we obviously, I think, didn't have as much attention as – as we might have otherwise had on that. And so they were able to recover that. And then our defense stopped them and got us the ball back, which was, you know, in the first series, which is great. Um, you know, it was, it was a 14 nothing game at half, and, and we were in the red zone at the end of the second quarter and weren't able to convert. So, you know, we're looking at that and saying we left points on the board and we were in the red zone twice that game and didn't score. Um, so that's obviously not a recipe for success. Um, they weren't really able to establish a run game against us, which was really positive. We were really excited to see that. Um, they broke one big play with a tremendously fast running back. Um, but outside of that, they weren't, they weren't really able to establish a run game chip away. We were really stout against the run. Um, and they scored twice on fourth downs, you know. So that's, that's also obviously, you know, we're, we're right there about to get their offense off the field and, and we aren't able to finish. So a lot of it for us, we just look at it and say, that's a good football team. They're, they're preseason pick, pick to be the uh, one seed in D4 South. Uh, a seven and four team last year. Um, we wanted to go up against good competition. We wanted to, you know, we, we didn't want to play cupcakes. We wanted to go out there and compete against good teams. Um, and Milton is definitely that. And so I think it was great for us and a lot of our first year guys um, to, to get that game experience, you know, and, to, and to, as we would say, you know, feel it with the bullets flying at game speed, at varsity game speed. There's no real way to replicate that. You can work to replicate it in practice, but it's always going to be different on game day. Adrenaline's going, you know, first varsity start for a bunch of these guys. Um, so, you know, we look at it as an opportunity to work the kinks out. We're not, we're not happy or satisfied with the result, but we know we got a good football team and we're excited to, you know, get back to work this week and, and get ready for Framingham. You mentioned, uh, or I believe either you mentioned it, I was also reading a little something about it. Milton runs a bit of a, a kind of a no-huddle style hurry-up mm -hmm. offense. So talk about how difficult that is, you know, from a defensive standpoint, how you guys can game plan against them defensively because you're, you know, you have to keep kind of a base unit out there, not really a lot of time to substitute. Yeah, I mean, you know, no-huddle offenses generally limit your ability to roll personnel. Um, and that's something that our defense definitely likes to do. Uh, we got a lot of guys who can do a lot of different things, and we want to be able to roll guys in and out. And, you know, when you're running a no, or, or no huddle, hurry up, spread type deal, we can't do that. I mean, in terms of how it affects us, you know, we, we, we're ready for that. I mean, we know that they're a spread team. We know that Coach Dembo is a big spread no huddle guy. And, you know, we were prepared for kind of that fast pace of play. And, you know, uh, without giving away too much, one of our, our approaches to that is, is, to kind of keep scheme simple, you know, and, and worry more about execution and, and not try to do 18 different things. You know, let's pick three or four things that we think we can do well that's going to limit this team's success, and let's work on those things in practice and then execute them in game. And to be honest, you know, we were really excited with some of our guys who we felt did a really great job in, in press man coverage and 
got some great pressure as a result of that. And they had a young quarterback too. He he missed a couple of throws, you know, over the course of that game as a result of pressure. And that was kind of our defensive attitude against the against the hurry up. You know, we're going to keep it simple and we're going to try to get pressure to the quarterback and we're going to try to uh, deny free release on on routes up the field and um, try to neutralize some of that speed. You know, because our guys aren't as fast as their guys. That doesn't mean that they can't play with those guys. It just means they're not as fast in a vertical straight line uh, as those guys are. So we saw some success there, and, and that definitely feeds into you know future game planning and 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 finding out the things that we're good at in game situation. Talk a little bit about uh, George Fitzgerald making his first uh, yeah. career start. Uh, what's uh, yeah, quarterback? What were your thoughts? What did you take away from his initial? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm so proud of Fitz, man. I mean, I, I can't I can't say enough about this kid and and the amount of work that he's he's done. You know, I think that uh, there were definitely times when being in his first varsity start at the helm of an offense kind of hit him. You know, and I I had to kind of remind some of my coaches too. You know, I said, all you need to think back to to your first varsity start, the very first time that you went out there on a varsity field, and how did you feel, you know? And and, and none of us were quarterbacks, you know? So um, there were definitely moments where you could see that, you know, throws, a couple throws sometimes, you know, little speed out throws or bubble throws that, you know, he makes regularly in practice, you know, nine times out of ten and get into game situation and adrenaline's pumping and his mechanics kind of deteriorate a little bit. And there were those moments. There were also moments where he made great decisions with the football and threw great footballs. You know, he threw a great 38-yard fade ball up the sideline to Jake Pollock. Um, Jake probably had about 60 yards. He threw an 80-yard touchdown to Joe Vialli um, in the fourth quarter. Um, against against their one defense, you know, so we, that was Joe's first varsity touchdown, Fitz's first varsity touchdown. Oh. So, you know, we were really excited to to see that. I mean, he threw for about probably about – I haven't done the total stat up yet, but he, th- he threw for about 160 yards, probably 170 yards, getting up close to 200 yards. Um, you know, threw a, a couple good hitches to Will Ellett, some good slant patterns. And, um, you know, we just have to be a little bit better with uh, – you know, ball security and controlling our cadence and and little execution things that a lot of the new guys were were kind of hurting us with. And a big piece for us going into next week too is we get uh, Captain Caleb Henman back on the on the offensive line. Caleb wasn't playing in week one, um, you know, and so we had a sophomore in there at guard. Uh, a lot of the pressure that came up to Fitzy's face. This is not a knock on on the kid who was doing that job, but a lot of that pressure that, that's where it came from. Came from a, a young kid who didn't have any varsity experience, got thrown out there in week one, you know, against varsity guys. And, and he was a freshman last year. You know, he was playing on the freshman team last year. Um, and so, you know, getting Caleb back in there is, you know, we already see it in practice as something that execution wise and up, setting up in front of our quarterback just really makes a big difference. So um, I was really proud of Fitzy. He's, you know, he's he's a really level kid. He just keeps keeps plugging along. You know, it doesn't really matter what the result is, he's just going to go out there and, and, and throw the ball and work his mechanics and try and get better. And you have to have that attitude as a quarterback. You know, you have to have short memories. You know, the guys who get caught up in what they did wrong the play before, if they threw a pick or got sacked or something like that, you know, those guys very rarely make good quarterbacks. You know, you have to live in the rep and we'll worry about it later. You know, and, and George does a pretty good job of that. So I was really proud of him. And it sounds like you got a lot of receivers involved in the offense too, which is uh, encouraging. What were your uh, what were your thoughts on uh, the way you guys ran the ball? Uh, obviously, uh, you know, with Tyler Reynolds being kind of the new full time back, or at, you know, and Adam Deese is involved in there. So talk about how how you felt running the ball. Yeah, I mean, we got away from the run a little bit because. Um you know, our, our we didn't feel like our, our front was executing the way that it needed to execute for the run game to be successful. And um, we didn't feel that our backs were, were doing exactly what it was that we needed to do in that run game at times. Um, 
you know, so seeing that going through the first and second quarter, you know, noticing that, you know, there were a couple of, of pull paths, um, again, mostly with the young sophomore, a couple of pull paths that were off, a couple times that he misexecuted and, and blocked read guys when he's got to release those guys. That kind of led us to say, you know what, let's, let's, let's go, you know, 70-30 pass going, you know, into the second quarter and, and, and the third quarter and the fourth quarter. And that, that really was what enabled us to move the ball. Um, we like our run game is the thing, you know. Um, anybody who, who knows me as a coach and has watched us for three years knows I'm not shy to run the ball. I mean, there are a couple of 40-carry 40, 40 games in, in, those, in those three years. Um, but well, we, it helps when you have Ben Jones. Uh, we, have a, we, have a different, we have a different offense. You know, we have, we have guys yeah. who do different things and are good at doing different things. And so part of that process is kind of finding out what the roles are for these guys, you know, and you can do that in scrimmage and you can do that in pre uh, in camp. Um, but it's really not until you get out there and you're going live that you start to see kind of what your guys' strengths are and um, how we can adjust personnel packages to maximize guys' abilities. So, you know, our run game wasn't great. It wasn't where we wanted it to be at all. And, again, we think we have a good run game. So, you know, that's definitely been a focus in the first two days of practice this week, you know, getting the run game going, again, getting getting Caleb out there and getting him back settled. It's not like he didn't rep, but, you know, now he's back in the ones and he's he's getting that good repetition. And so, um, you know, we're, we're excited about the run game moving forward. We think we got some good stuff in against this Framingham team, a, 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 a good package that we're repping a lot. Um, that guys are becoming comfortable with, and and we're excited to trot that out, you know, against the home crowd. We talked a little, crowd. well. We talked a little bit about that uh, last week or on our, on our season preview, uh, as far as uh, you know. We talked about how you might want to use the running backs, and you just mentioned, you know, you're used to running the ball a lot more. And you, when you had a bell cow like Bel- Ben Jones, it's easy to hand off to him 40 times or whatever. But now, I mean, do you kind of envision something more where maybe Tyler Reynolds and Adam Deese, maybe you know, it could be more of a split, like maybe you know, 20 carries a piece or, or something. No, like that I mean, that I, I, a, I don't think we're going to run the ball as much as we did last year. Um, we're going to be a much more balanced offense than uh than we've been in the past um and and so i think that's that's number one i mean one of our goals was to create more balance in our offense because we felt that we had kind of the football iq to be able to start doing that a little more we also have this tremendously talented receiving core um losing jared edwards for the season um in practice on an acl tear on a fade just jumped up for a fade and came down and just landed did that just happen this week or was um that no the- that happened going into milton he wasn't okay. on the field we didn't talk we were not publicizing our injuries but at this point now he's out he's out for the season we got the results back today um, you know, that's that's a big loss for our receiving core. But, you know, we have a ton of talented receivers. So, you know, we really want to be able to distribute the ball. Um, you know, you're going to see decent Reynolds on the field together a lot, you know, and also Killian O'Connell and Joe Hurley, who's who's again in the mix at running back also, you know. So um, I think that that really it's just kind of finding our way in this new attitude towards running the football. And, and I thought we took a step forward despite not having great success against Milton. And uh, we've taken another step forward in the first two days of practice this week. And we got, you know, we got two more days before Friday night. Yes, and let's uh, let's start talking a little bit about sure. Friday night. Of course, uh, it, it's the home opener, and uh, you know the f- first Friday night lights at Harris Field here in 2017, and of course uh, that also uh, means the debut of the the new Harris Field press box. Which yeah. I'm looking forward to christening. I remember calling games <laughs> in the the old press box. So uh, uh, talk a little bit uh, about. Uh, I was just reading some stuff like behind the scenes. How you know this has been like you know 15, 16, 17 years in the making. Yeah. And it, we we mentioned Ben. 
Ben Jones and I, you know, earlier, and I guess his dad was heavily involved. Rick Jones, Rick, yeah, uh, big Rick, and Max and Ben's dad uh, in getting involved. So talk about uh, the long overdue uh, completion of the press box. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 funny that sort of stuff kind of just swirls around us. You know, um, we're you know we're we're looking on the field and and we're trying to get these guys ready to go and and all of these improvements that have happened at Harris and uh, Rick was a big part of that uh, when we first got here field reno and the white field house renovation Rick was a huge part of that um, Don Chiafano uh, was a big part of the press box rebuild um, it looks great you know I mean I was just kind of sitting there watching it load in over the spring and then you know. Uh, have them fork fork it up to the to where it sits at the 50 and and then get the elevator lift in there so we're ADA compliant and and all of that stuff um, it really does a lot to make Harris look a little bit more like it should look you know for for a Middlesex league um, team and I'm just so so grateful really you know and and so blessed that there are so many people working throughout Belmont to to give our program things that we need and not just our program but I mean all of the sports are going to have access to this box all of the coaches are going to have access to this box all of the press and media people are going to have access to this box you know the scoreboards plugged in there it's just there are just so many people who do work behind the scenes and and a lot of them are just giving that time so I'm just really lucky uh, I had nothing to do with it outside of watching it get installed. Um, and I, you know, that was just seeing it in stages because I happened to be out and about. Um, it looks great. I'm definitely looking forward to uh, to setting foot in it. It's funny how you said, like, all this stuff goes around goes on around you. You're not really heavily involved. And I was just thinking for a moment <laughs> as you were saying that response, I'm thinking, you know, I don't think anyone would ever ask Bill Belichick if they put a new press box in <laughs> at Gillette Stadium. Hey, Bill, tell us what you think about the new press yeah, box. Yeah, I mean, that I think they're like those, those, those pro guys get – they definitely get the luxury of having other people do those things. But, I mean, I think that just, you know, the more I do this job, um, you kind of learn to just try to – Try as hard as you can to really keep your blinders on um, for both the positive and the negative stuff that goes on. You know, I mean, I think that like part of being a football coach is, you know, some people are going to like you and some people aren't. And, and some people are going to support your call and some people aren't. Um, some people are going to talk and some people aren't. And and so, you know, I again, I've been really lucky to have supportive parents and community and boosters and everything like that. But, you know, we still execute the practice of just, you know, our job is to get this team ready to play on Friday night, you know, and, and I just, I have an obligation to my guys first and foremost, you know, these guys deserve success. Um, they deserve the opportunity at the very least to be successful. And my job is to give them that opportunity. And what they do with that opportunity is, is, a, is a team decision, is an individual decision as, as players. But, you know, our job is to create the framework and structures. And if we get caught up both positively and negatively, I think, with kind of the emotional stuff that swirls around uh, a football program, um, town football especially, you know, we're going to get distracted from that mission, you know. And that's my first obligation and the obligation of my staff is, is to these guys. Well, if I can say something, a practical use of the press box, how yeah. it will actually maybe help and benefit your team. Uh, certainly when the weather is cooperating, you know, your plan will be to probably have one of your assistant coaches up on the roof of the press box. And that's certainly going to be a much higher perspective than yeah. your coaches have normally had, oh, we're which get, I would think comes as a benefit. Oh, it's huge. We're going to get a better angle for film. That's a huge benefit. Um, we get a better bird's eye view. You know, we've been in the top level of the stands the last three years, and that's low. 
it's you know it's hard to, even on our film angles at home it's it's hard you know we got the end zone cam uh, a couple years ago that boosters picked up for us and and that the skyhawk has been has been great you know but that's you know we only take that at home and um and that's an end zone angle which is great for our linemen and our running backs it's not as good for our receivers um and skill guys so you know we're going to get a better vantage uh i'm really excited to to get that better vantage and i'm excited for my guys who are in the box to uh be dry you know when it when it rains um and you know we'll stand in whatever weather it doesn't really matter we're football guys but you know i've i've been a box coach before and let me tell you it it can be pretty miserable up there on a cold October, late end of October in a thunderstorm or a windstorm or that rain is swirling and you like you get that bone cold, you know, and yeah. you got to be able to think and think on your feet and be keyed into the game. So, you know, um, having those guys inside in a nice, heated, clean press box, I think will make a big difference. Well, when it comes to the, uh, you know, the, the weather conditions that you're mentioning, uh, well, actually, first of all, you mentioned the higher, you know, having that higher perspective for the yeah. cameras. That's also going to have an effect on the game broadcast coverage, which yeah. we'll be bringing to you on BMC Sports. We look forward to that. So hopefully the, all of you watching the games uh, will enjoy the new camera angle. Hopefully that'll add something to the to the broadcast in general. And of course, you talked a little bit about being out in the elements, and maybe we're not going to get cold, but based on the early <laughs> forecasts for Friday, we could get a little bit of precipitation. Yeah, it could get a little wet. Um, you know, there's storms in the forecast, and we got, you know, we will, we're again in kind of this blinders mentality. You know, Tuesday's over right now. I'm worried about Wednesday, and when Wednesday's over, I'll worry about Thursday, and when Thursday's over, I'll worry about about Friday night. Uh, we got some storms in the forecast. You know, we'll see what the weather looks like as we get a little bit closer, and and we'll start getting those guys ready to play to play wet. Well, let's talk about Friday and talk sure. about the Framingham Flyers. Ed Manti, first uh, year, uh, comes over from Westwood where he had uh, pretty good success, won 45 games over there. Uh, now he's uh, moved on uh, coaching in the Bay State Conference. And, you know, uh, they came off a, a very impressive opening uh, night win uh, last week against Norwood, yeah. uh, 22 nothing. Their uh, quarterback, Jack Beverly, threw a couple touchdowns to uh, Jonathan Lanzo, who I guess, I mean, just probably those two names right there are already two names that are, I'm sure, well on your, your radar. As, as far as guys to watch and, and, and have to defend against. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think uh, we, I don't really know their names, but, you know, I, we know their numbers. Well, now you do. We know, <laughs> we know, well, you I, know. Don't, I don't know their numbers because they weren't in the yeah. article. <laughs> uh, no, you know, we, we, we know their numbers and, and we know, you know, who we think their threats are. I mean, you know, Framingham is, uh, they're, they're a pretty big physical team. They got some good athletes out there. Coach Mandy doing a great job. Um, you know, coming over from from uh, uh, Westford or Westwood, Westwood. Yeah. Um, you know, and and he's doing a good job trying to get that program going. Um, no disrespect to Norwood, we're not Norwood. You know, that's a young team in a rebuilding year. Um, you know, watching it on film, we have their film against Norwood, and we have their film against Holliston, who they scrimmaged. Now Holliston's a machine, and that's a that's an established and quality football program, and and Holliston rolled them, um, and they rolled Norwood. So. You know, the Norwood score goes in the paper and goes on their record, and Holliston obviously is a game scrimmage, so it doesn't. Um, so, you know, this is not a team that we're taking lightly. They have weapons and talent, um, and they can do some things. Um, we also know that we are – we believe, at least for ourselves, that we're a, we're a more quality opponent than Norwood is. Um, and so, you know, I think we're a little bit more disciplined defensively, a little bit uh, older, guys with more experience, um, and in a better position to, you know, give these guys – a, a good tough physical football game and and we're a physical team you saw it against milton i mean this team this team hits we like to hit so um 
you know, I, I think that we're a really well matched two programs and we got a two year contract with them. They got to come to us this year and we got to go down to Framingham next uh, out to Framingham next next year. So um, we're really excited for the opportunity to play them. And to be honest, it's been kind of cool to play some teams that we wouldn't normally see, you know, that aren't in our like 30 mile radius. The Middlesex is so insular. You know, we we like to stick around our own people's. You know, in, in the in the league, and so to kind of get outside of the league a little bit and play Milton, you know, and play Framingham, and and see some teams that we don't normally see is is really cool. Well, come November, you you know, when you get into the playoffs yeah. or, or even the non-playoff bracket, you're still playing a lot of those those teams. Certainly, uh, for the record, the numbers of the two guys I was talking about are 11 and 13, respectively. So yep. now you know them. I realized I had rosters here for, for Framingham, and I should have referenced them. And uh, you know, maybe you're you're probably a little bit right about maybe you know looking at the relative scope of of the team that Framingham beat last week. Uh, the Flyers are coming off a one in ten season. I don't know how many of the players are returning from last year, but certainly this is a team. Like your own, like the Marauders themselves, kind of got kind of slowly building up. Yeah, and, I and mean, they have a brand new coach. To be honest, I, I, yeah, I mean, to be honest, I would say that we're, you know, again, like I, I'm not trying to judge. Any, I'm in no position to judge anybody. Um, you know, we don't, we don't, we don't judge other programs. Any program that comes into our house to play a football game is a dangerous program. Period. And we got to treat our opponents with the utmost respect in our preparation for them because if we don't. Um, you can have an opponent that's a less quality team than you that beats you. Um, and that's never something that sits well with coaches or with kids. Um, you know, but yeah, I mean, they, they've got a new coach this year. They're installing some new systems. Obviously, there are going to be some growing pains with that. Um, we see some of those growing pains on film. That doesn't mean that those kinks aren't going to get ironed out over the course of their practice this week. And again, we definitely think that we're a team with more weapons than Norwood is. Um, on both sides of the ball, but you know, a win is a win, and they're one to zero, and we're zero and one. So you know, we have something to we have something to prove um, at home, and and that's kind of where our where our focus is. Well, and you mentioned too that uh, you had uh, you got uh, you know you got Caleb Henman coming back yep. this week, so that's kind of a plus. You're going to try to you know probably incorporate more of the run game into this. So this is obviously going to be a bit of a, a different game plan this week as you're going to roll out more. You know, yeah, I mean, different I, you know, looks against uh, you know a different type of a. Player. Yeah, I think game plans change week to week. You know, and and I think that's kind of. <laughs> A little bit new for fans of Belmont football over the last three years, where our, our game plan has been relatively consistent week to week. Um, that has a lot to do with kind of what we thought we could get in, you know, and execute well. And we've got kind of more tools in our toolbox going into this season and this game. And so, you know, it's it's about finding the tools, the specific tools that we think are going to work well against this defense. Uh, we did a lot of work, you know, Saturday and Sunday. Um, getting kind of getting the skeleton of the the game plan ready to go and then work again after eval on monday uh kind of improving and refining that skeleton into a, a more condensed game plan and we'll have our, our kind of close to final game plan done in game sheets in hand by by the end of practice tomorrow uh going into pregame practice on thursday so you know we think we have a good package against this defense we see some areas in this defense that we think we can attack um i'm sure they're going to throw some hiccups at us and, and some things that we didn't anticipate or didn't see on film. Um, but, you know, and also we got better. We had we have better film this week, which makes a huge difference. You know, we got two full films. Our film, we had two scrimmage films going into Milton, and uh, the quality of one of the films was, was pretty bad. We couldn't really get anything out of it. You know, so that, that makes preparation a little bit more difficult. Um, you know, Coach Pereira came to me the other day and just goes, I'm so glad we had two weeks of good film. Just makes a huge difference for our defensive guys, especially. 
Well, and, uh, you know, another, I guess, another player to watch out for based on the preseason scouting report. They mention a, a, a junior lineman, Chidi Nana, N-N-A. He's number 77. I'm sure you probably saw him on the uh, film. He's listed last year. I guess he was a third down specialist yep. this year. Uh, he uh, they, call, they say he's an enticing combo of long arms and quick feet. So yeah, uh, he uh, plays on both sides of the ball. Yeah, he plays on both sides of the ball. He's a he's a long, rangy, quick uh, uh, lineman. They got some size. I need to find out how to pronounce his name. They have too. two interior <laughs> linebackers who I think are <laughs> really good football players. Fifty five and forty two on the inside. Um, kid fifty eight is the outside linebacker is not bad. And the kid number nine at free safety, um, he's a pretty good football player too. So you know they definitely have they definitely have some weapons on both sides of the ball. Um, obviously, I've been watching more of their defense, and Dave's been watching more of their offense. So. Um, not to say that we're not both plugged in on both sides, but um, yeah, they got they got some guys, they got some talent, um, and and we look at that and say, so do we. We got some guys, we got some talent. So you know, we'll put our our guys will meet on Friday night, and we'll we'll see. We'll see who has more more execution talent on that night. Yeah, and we're looking forward to broadcasting it again. The uh, Belmont Framingham uh, home opener for the Marauders football team uh, broadcast on uh, the BMC uh, channels eight nine twenty eight twenty nine is where it will air or something like that. It's going <laughs> to air on one of the channels. Something. It'll be on TV. Just go to go to the BMC website, of course, and uh, we and we just want to remind everybody here: uh, all of our uh, podcasts with Coach Q can be found online at BelmontMedia.org/podcasts. Also on SoundCloud com by searching Belmont Media. The SoundCloud app is uh, free and it's available on both iTunes and Google Play stores. Uh, also, of course, these uh, simulcasts are available on the Belmont Media On Demand channel and will air prior to the football games, kind of serving as a pregame show. Uh, links to our weekly interviews with Coach Q are posted on uh, both Facebook and Twitter. You can become a Facebook fan by searching Time Out for Sports Talk. Again, a reminder, our Twitter handle is at TOSTBMC. Coach's Twitter handle, let's get him back on camera, is at, uh, you can actually we'll pull up his ID again, at Q underscore oh, it's, coach. It's there it there is. on the tagline there. I there like we that. go. We put it right in. And I got to get a plug so, in. Uh, oh, yep. I got to get a plug in. It's the first home game. So that means the first uh, appearance of the Belmont marching band. Oh, um, right. Of I got a chance walking out of the field house a uh, couple, probably 10 days or so ago before the season started. Um, and they had their pregame preview show. Right. So they go out and they play a couple of numbers. Um, and Paul Ketchum and Ardo Asadorian, they do such a great job getting that band rolling. Um, got caught a little bit of the police. Had put the police out there, a little bit of a uh, little sting, a little fields of gold, oh. um, fields of barley. You, you scared know, me for a minute. I thought they were up to no good when you. No, said no, no, no not like the it. police were coming <laughs> down, but like the band, the police. Um, and and uh, from a from a percussionist perspective, that's one of my favorite drummers of all time. I forget his name. The drummer for the police. He's a fantastic drummer. Um, <laughs> you liked him so much, you forgot his name. Well, my my <laughs> uncle, who was one of the people who 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 kind of pushed me towards musical education and stuff like that. He's a fantastic musician in his own right. Um, always told me when I was getting into percussion, um, you never know who the best drummers are because they just kind of exist. And um, he, I, I'm going to have to Google his name. The drummer for the police does a great job of that. I remember him teaching me that through that drummer when I was like nine. So um, come see the Belmont band in addition to the Belmont high school football team. Now, if we, if we were talking about the Eagles or uh, Genesis, uh, I know who the drummers are go. for them because they also happen to sing a lot. Yeah, so I, there you go. I know who those sleep. I know my who man, drummers my are. My man Phil. <laughs> yeah, there you, you go. Know, my man Phil. I think Genesis is a really underrated band. They caught me going through the halls of Madden doing the I Can't Dance uh, music video. Really? Dance. Oh. I can't dance. I can't walk. <laughs> um, there you go. So wow. that takes me back right there. <laughs> Give me a little abacab. There you go. Oh. I'll, I'll go to some of the older stuff. Uh, that, actually, that, that's not even that old. Cause you got to go. No. To Peter Gabriel's the old. That's old stuff, that's so, the old yeah. old stuff there. Yeah, so, but, uh, um. all right. Well, 
We ran over, which I knew we were going to do as Shocking. soon as I. Yeah, well, we were on pace until, of course, you know, I we threw a little curveball at the end. You talk about your love of music. I need to remember to leave time at the I end. I got to work that. that in. I, I got to work I that in. I know you do. I know. Uh, but until next week, uh, for Coach Q, I'm Todd Blowers. I want to thank you for watching the, uh, the TOST Toddcast right here on the Belmont Media Podcast Network. Coach, good luck this week. Thank you very much. I was supposed to say that first, but hey. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Before we sign off, good night. <laughs>